On this week's episode, we discuss why it's good to be a PA and why anyone should want to become one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Everything PA podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Rogers, Doctor of Medical Science and Physician Associate Certified. And I am joined today by my co-host, Christopher Stone, Doctor of Medical Science and Physician Associate Certified. Uh, We created this podcast for anyone who's interested in medicine or the PA profession, or who just wanted more information about either of those. Um, Let's just get right into things. Yeah. Um, you know, Stephen, why, why did you become a PA? Well, I mean, you know, why, why should, why did I, or why should anybody become a PA? I mean, I think, I think there's all sorts of different reasons. Um, I think, you know, for me, um, we talked briefly about this on our intro, uh, episode that, uh, you know, I think you want a job that's obviously a, a steady, um, availability, um, and reliable, it's going to be there. Um, so that's, that was a big thing for me. Um, uh, helping people, of course, I mean, that's kind of the standard answer, but it certainly rings true that I wanted to uh, be available to help people and, um, be there in their time of need. And then the, uh, the thing that really hooked me about PA, the PA profession in particular is the flexibility. So, you know, the ability to kind of create your own career that's not maybe as set in stone as it would be as a physician or a pharmacist or a nurse or, well, nurse is a bad example. They're pretty flexible too, but pharmacist or something else along those lines, respiratory therapist, whatever. Um, and the, the funny thing too, is that I'm learning even more uh, as time has gone on about just how flexible we are as far as the different types of, types of things we can do. And we'll dive into this in, into other episodes, but, um, you know, working in things like education, business, um, et cetera, that allow for people to, um, kind of create their own career out of whatever they want. And it doesn't have to necessarily be clinically based, although the vast majority of people are uh, clinically based as PAs. So, I mean, that's kind of the main set. Yeah, no, that's an excellent point that you don't necessarily have to be a clinical practicing provider. There are other alternatives. Uh, you know, you go into some research, you could teach, you could go into, you know, pharmaceuticals if you wanted to with this avenue. So, I mean, that's, that's an excellent point that you're not pigeonholed into just doing clinical work. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. The consulting uh, working in industry, working as a, uh, you know, an industry rep for, yeah. you know, some other medical device company or something along those lines, consulting. Um, there's a yeah. whole host of things um, outside of the clinical world, but even inside, which is really all I was aware of when I was getting ready to apply and, and start out as a PA. Um, you know, even within the clinical world, I mean, you could do anything from family medicine to interventional radiology to orthopedics to transplant surgery to dermatology, whatever you really want to do, there are opportunities out there. Um, and so the opportunity was great. It was flexible. Um, and so that was really something that drew me in. What about you? And, and, and talk to me, I know, you know, a little bit about some of the statistics as far as the, yeah. uh, the opportunities and, and can put some numbers on that for us. Why don't you go ahead and fire away? Yeah. 
definitely can. I mean, when I was looking into school, you know, you, you want to know that the career path you're going into is either going to be growing or you're going to see good growth, not going through, you know, getting your undergrad or master's degree and then not being able to use it. I mean, when, before I became, even went into undergrad, I went to one of these, um, like, uh, college fairs to kind of figure out, you get to go, uh, a whole bunch of people go and see people in their fields. And I remember going to see this architect and I was like, oh, you know, like drawing or, you know, like building homes. And he told everyone in that room, none of you want to be an architect. I was like, wow, wow. That's the first thing he said. I was like, dang, that's the career fair there. I'm feeling good about this decision I've made already. Come learn what you don't want to do, y'all. Yeah. All right. So what are we going to talk about for the next 20 minutes, man? (laughs) He did. He didn't tell us about what it was like to be an architect, but it was just like, that's the really the biggest thing that stuck with me with what, that. Just, just, just out of curiosity, what, what, what did he have against being an architect? I, he was an architect. I think he, like what, what did he hate about it? Wasn't, I don't, I don't think it was what he thought it was going to be like, you know, he wasn't going to be cha- changing, you know, the landscape with some, yeah. you know, beautiful building. Right. Um, I think he was doing a lot of like, you know, essentially house remodeling or, sure. you know, changing one floor of a business, but not like gotcha. the, the big projects that you would see like, oh, wow, that's going to change the whole skyline right. of what people see when they come here. Okay. That's fair. Just a little was, there, just, sorry. Yeah, no, it's, he just, he just seemed kind of angry. I was like, wow, all right. I guess I don't want to be an architect. <laughs> so, <laughs> I wanted to be an architect in elementary school. So yeah, I wanted to be on art but, elementary school, but that I decided not to, but it's because I like to draw, but I don't even like to draw anymore. So yeah, it's only because it right. I took a CAD class and I was like, well, I can do that. It's got to be something okay. similar. The old but CAD anyway, the point, the point being is that uh, I wanted a career that I could continue to grow and, you know, it had good longevity. And at least at that time, the PA profession was still pretty, it's still pretty in, in its infancy. I mean, yeah. we're still learning, you know, what our capabilities are and what we can do, you know, how we can do it. Um, but at that time when I was going through school, um, it was predicted that 25 to 27% uh, job outlook, like we're going to add 25 to 20%, 27%. So almost a third of the people that are here, we're going to add a third over the next decade. And I was like, wow, that's great job growth. And even recently, uh, I was looking at it, and it's, it's even up higher from that. It's up to 31 of a projected. So even over you know, the six years I've been a PA, it has continued to, to grow. And there are, uh, are more and more need for PAs and mid-levels uh, to take those positions. Because, I mean, there's a huge physician shortage, and it's just continuing to uh, be worse and worse. Part of that is because people are going into mid-level positions because you don't have to spend, you know, the four years of undergrad, four years of medical school, residency, fellowship, all that stuff that goes in with medical school. Uh, you know, we get four years of undergrad, two years for the masters, and we're we're out working. So, right. doing I stuff. I think a lot more people. Stuff. Yeah, we're yeah we're out treating, taking care of people, and right. they, you know, being a doctor, it's a whole it's a whole nother ball game. And it's a lot longer and people, I think it turned off by that, that it's so long that, you know, it makes it hard for them to start their lives or even have a family if that's what their, their sure. goals are. And, yeah. um, the PA life or mid-level life gives them an opportunity to have that, 
Yeah, yeah. you know, you don't get paid the much as much as a doctor does, but you're also not working as hard as a doctor. I mean, the average doctor sees 30 to 40 patients a day. You know, I only see about 20 to 24, depending on how things go. And it makes my quality of life a lot better. So I get to spend a lot of time with my patients where they get five, 10 minutes, um, which I love. You know, the uh, average PA salary across the country, this is an average and not everywhere, everywhere um, has the same salary. You know, you have to look into your states that pay differently, but the average is $115,000 a year. That's a pretty solid salary. And yeah. that's coming right out of college. I mean, when I started, I was making 110 and I was shocked shocked i was like really i get to make that much wow this is, <laughs> is, this, is this an accounting error or is this yeah like are you sure and they're like yeah and like that's the starting way it's like yes i'll take that job yeah. all right that's <laughs> i'm in you know yeah. we're you know we're just coming out of school we don't have any experience and we're coming from like retail jobs where we're working hourly so i was just excited to have a job <laughs> right so, yeah uh, yeah i mean i think you know you you have a different set of experiences um, as a PA versus a physician. Uh, I mean, physicians are uh, wonderful people and they go through a just absolute slogging to become physicians and they deserve all the accolades and they deserve the the pay and all that stuff. So I'm not trying to take anything away from the, the physician profession. Our profession is inherently reliant on them. And so, you know, I think that's uh, an important note. Um, I'm just yeah. looking at the U.S. News and World Report rankings here today. So as of today, this is the end of 2021. Um, projected jobs, 39,300. I'm assuming that means within the next year. Median salary, 112,260 bucks. Um, and education level needed as master's. Ranking number one. Um, I'll repeat that real quick. Number one uh, in the United States for world, uh, U.S. News and World Report rankings for jobs. So... Um, it's no longer a secret, uh, for better or worse, other people found out about it. So, yeah. um, the last thing that I wanted to, to touch on real quick, and, and it was kind of a segue there at the end there was, I think talked about our physician colleagues. Um, I think that's another piece I kind of forgot to mention, but I think if you like working as part of a team, um, you know, I always go back to like being a high school athlete, you know, like working as part of a team and, um, kind of get that back in your profession, working as part of a team, relying on other people, um, being relied upon by other people and having that responsibility and, you know, having those days where everything is clicking, you know, you get your patient in on time, you see them uh, efficiently, your nurse knows exactly what's going on, or you need to reach out with your doc and you, you collaborate and you come up with the, the perfect treatment plan and you're able to help somebody. And that, that sense of camaraderie and teamwork is something that I really value. And, um, I think, especially for physicians, medicine can be a very lonely field at times. You can feel like you're on an Island based on what's happening, especially when things are not going well, you feel like you're sort of on your own. And I think as a PA, um, you're not going to feel that quite as much, which is nice. Um, and you can be there for your doc, right? So if you have, if you have a traditional kind of one-to-one -one relationship with a physician, which we'll talk more about in future episodes, supervision agreements and that sort of thing. Um, you know, you can be that person that your doc can lean on and vice versa. So I think that's really a, a cool team aspect of it that I sort of knew was going to be that way, but it never, it, you don't really know it till you feel it. And that's pretty cool. 
No, I think that's a, I think it's a super important point um, that, that it is a team aspect. I mean, not just, you know, the physician PA relationship, but even that relationship with, you know, if you have a nurse that you work with or an MA, like each oh, person totally. on that team totally. has an important role and it keeps the machine rolling. And with that, if one of them's not there or, you know, missing steps, it really bogs you down in your day. And so it very much is a team oriented thing. And, you know, I've had so many nurses that, you know, have saved lives. There's been like, Hey, this person, this is what's going on with that person. And I haven't even seen them yet. You know, they're on my list and there's like, Hey, and I'm like, Oh, they got to go to the hospital right now. Like that's right. We got to get them there now. So yeah. uh, it's very much team oriented, even just an MA, but like they're acting really weird. I don't, that doesn't, it just seems odd to me. And you're like, all right, well, let's go check them out. And sure enough, you know, something's happening right and so it, it, the team aspect of it is um is really great uh, especially when you get a good team uh who who can you know help you help them and uh yeah that's it's just awesome i think uh, the other piece with that to add on and then um we'll, we'll wrap up here but i think pas are positioned in a unique spot as well in that team in that you know for better or worse, medicine is a very hierarchical, what's the word, right? Hierarchical. Yeah, that's a, that that seems like a right word, right? Medicine <laughs> hierarchy. There's still so, a there's still a hierarchy of some kind in there. Yeah, that's a word. So um medicine is hierarchical. And um in that hierarchy, you know, the PAs are sort of in the middle. Um we have a lot of responsibility, we do a lot on our own, we uh bear a lot of the burden of the practice of medicine, but you know, we have others looking out for us and we have the physician on that hierarchy listed above us. Um, and I think that puts us in a unique position, um, you know, in my field of, of orthopedic surgery, uh, there were a lot of times where a nurse or uh, rad tech or somebody would be quite nervous to approach the surgeon about a question or a concern because they're the surgeon, right? You know, that's ooh, the surgeon. So they would come to me. And so I like, I like that niche too. And that, you know, I'm sort of the extension of the physician, maybe a bit more approachable, depending on your doc. Some docs are very approachable, but some aren't. Um, and I think that was kind of a role that I got to fill um, that made me feel pretty good too. It was kind of that, you, yeah. you know, felt like you could kind of relate to, yeah. to the, the nurse MA group, as well as the physician group. Um, and so you, you're in a very unique position. That's pretty cool. And, and I think it is a privilege, like you've mentioned in previous episodes, it's a privilege. That's what it comes down to. Oh, indeed. Indeed. You know, we're very fortunate to be in these positions. Um, and yeah, like I said, be, being that liaison for some other staff, um, yeah. just so they don't have to bother the doctor or the doctors, you know, just unavailable because you're so busy and, right. um, gives, gives them another outlet to potentially help one of the other patients in the meantime. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a little easier for. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good one. I like that word. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Thesaurus. Thesaurus. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Read books now. Read books now. All right. Speaking of words, we'll wrap up here. But speaking of words, what's your favorite medical word? Oh my gosh, I'm all into like chondrocalcinosis right now. Mm. I don't know why. It's just it's it's fun to say. That's good. When you see it on X-ray, I'm like, oh, that's fun. Look at that. Hey, <laughs> hey you have chondrocalcinosis. I get to say it. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> You're purulent. 
Let me say that again. Purulent. Ooh. Purulent. That's that's what oh. I'm gonna deal with today. Today, oh. anyway. Maybe if you ask me tomorrow, it might be different. But oh my gosh. Oh, I have to tell you, we'll have to use another another podcast, uh, another one of these episodes talking about a case that I had um full of some purulents and some very interesting stuff. Ooh. Uh, okay, yeah, it's a good one. It's a good Te- one. Yeah, you'll good love tease. it. I love it. It's a good tease. Next week on mid-level medical podcast some interesting stuff coming out of someone that was very purulent oh it was so good so good all right let's wrap up here thanks so much for listening guys look for us on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify or wherever else you may be getting your podcasts please be sure to subscribe and review us it would mean the world to both myself and dr stone and uh, also be on the lookout for our YouTube channel. It'll be coming soon. Once we get that up and running, please subscribe to that as well. My name is Stephen Rogers. I'm uh, DMSC PAC. And this is Dr. Stone, DMSC PAC. Go get him. Go get him.